God has just been burning into my heart illustration after illustration after illustration of what Jesus is trying to tell us concerning the body of Jesus Christ today. Now, if, if you read the book of Nehemiah, we're not going to get into it now. I'm just going to relate to it. and it'll, I hope it will give you enough interest to read it and it will bring back some things to you. And I'm not going to get into it deeply. But simply to say that Nehemiah was the cupbearer for Nebuchadnezzar, who was the Babylonian king. He had been taken into exile and he was the cupbearer, but he was a man who read the, the promises or the prophecies of God, and he read that God was going to, several hundred years before, had prophesied that the children of Israel were going to go into apostasy or into unbelief and disobedience, and God was going to have them taken out of the land. That's an interesting thing. Every time the children of Israel failed to keep the Sabbath year and let the land rest, God would allow it to go along for so long, and then finally He'd just take them out of the land and give the land that many years' rest to make up for the Sabbath rest they did not give the land. They'd been in the land 490 years and had never given it any rest. Just one year after another, planting their crops, and they're supposed to let the land rest for one year. So God says, you're in disobedience. He takes them out of the land and lets the land rest for 70 years. Nehemiah had noticed this, and so he read in there that in 70 years they would be able to go back and rebuild the walls of, Jer of Jerusalem. He got excited about it and he began to say, God, what can I do about it? And so he went in before the king as the cupbearer. That means he was the one that tasted everything that the, the king drank before the king got a hold of it. So he was always in the presence of the king. Now there's one rule with the, when you go in the presence of the king in Babylon, and that was you were never sad. Everybody was happy. They even had a court jester. They're making a fool of himself all the time. So everybody would be laughing and grinning, you know, going around with that charismatic smile all the time. You know, Youth for Christ smile, we used to call it. But everybody had to be happy all the time. And he walked in as a cupbearer, and he was sad. Now, he actually could have been thrown out of the king's presence with that sadness, but he was, it was because it was a deep grief. And I won't get into it, but the king noticed it wasn't just a, a, you know, an unhappiness because he had dropped his marbles or something. It was something that was deep. And the king said, what is it? There's something really bothering you. Why aren't you happy? He says, how can I be? When my city's walls are all in ruin, back in Jerusalem. The king says, well, what can I do to help you? Wow, can you imagine the prayer he went into right about that time? But God allowed, and the scripture says that God has the king's heart in his hands. He can turn it one way or another. He said, if I could just get, have the men and the materials to go back and rebuild the walls of my... He said, how long will it take you? And he gave him a date, how long he thought it would take him. And he says, all right, he gave him all the necessary papers to get through all the customs, as it were, all the, air, the rulers in the different provinces between there and Israel. Gave him the, the, the go-ahead and gave him the, the receipt with the king's signet on it that he could get all the lumber he needed and all the materials he needed. And they went back and began to build the walls. And, and, and as I look at the whole thing, I, I began to see that, first of all, he had a vision. God showed him something. And then he had to have some men that would believe that God had shown him something from the Word. And he did. He had families that went back with him, confident that God had shown him something in the Word, that in 70 years they're going to go back, and it was confirmed by the fact that God began to do the miracle through the king that they could go back and do it. And when they got back there, the interesting thing that was that each family, see, he saw the vision and he saw the need, but when they got back and they saw the walls, it was a horrendous sight. They said there was just rubble and the gates had been burned and many of the stones had been burned. But he said, now we're going to have to do this in a very systematic way. So every one of you, where you live, go out and begin to rebuild the wall close to your house first. And of course, there's an interesting thing. The home had to be in order. And then you had to begin to build the wall around your own home to protect your own home. 
And it tells in there, if you read Nehemiah, that each one of them had approximately 1,500 feet of that wall to build. One family, this man and all of his sons, would build 1,500 feet of the wall back up. I could go into Sanballat and Tobiah, the uh, enemies around them at that time, came and said, oh, what in the world, you, you can't do anything there. If a fox jumps up on that wall, he's going to knock it down, and give them all this discouragement. But you see, they had had a vision, they had seen something that God said He was going to do, and that He was going to use them to do it, and they did it, and God honored them for it, and they finished the wall. When I read that, then I, I began to think about Abraham in the book of, of Hebrews, when it's talking about Abraham, and it's in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, beginning with the 8th verse. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. And by faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he, what? Looked for a which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is... What was he looking for? Abraham wasn't necessarily looking for this earthly promise. Abraham was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God, he was saying, by faith. And as you go on through Hebrews there, it says, these all died in faith. You know, that, that almost sounds like an antithesis. How do you die in faith? Some people think, if I have faith, I'll never die, you know. But they died in faith. It meant that although they had had this promise, and they didn't see it come to fruition themselves, Yet they believed that God had it for them. See what I mean? All right? Now, I just want to explain one little thought to you, and I'm asking the Lord to try to bring this together for me. There was a time when Jesus ministered to the woman at the well. And it said that after she went back in the city, the whole city came out, didn't it? Can't you just see it? That little restaurant and the filling station and the stable and all of them getting up on their feet and walking out to the well. And here stand all these buildings around. Is that what it meant? When it said the city came out, that the, what did it mean? The people came out. The people are the city, aren't they? I want you to see something. Abraham, his, what he was looking for was not an earthly foundation, or an earthly fleshly thing down here. He was looking for a spiritual city whose builder and maker is God. And when the city comes out, God is calling out a city or a group of believers. You see, there is the heavenly Jerusalem, isn't it? Now, does Jesus Christ rule in heaven or on earth? The earth is the Lord's, and the does He reign here? Does Jesus Christ reign today and rule in the earth? How many of you believe that He rules on earth today? Is, is He ruling in my life, in your life? He's ruling on earth, then. I'm not in heaven yet. I'm seated in heavenly places spiritually, but He's ruling on earth, isn't He? All right, Our, where's your membership? Where's your citizenship? In heaven. In the heavenly Jerusalem, isn't it? But where are you? But we belong to that city, don't we? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In heaven as it is, is that what it says? On earth as it is in heaven. He's ruling in both places, isn't he? And when we pray that prayer, what we're actually saying, God, I'm part of that Jerusalem. My citizenship is in heaven, and I'm part of that city up there. And... I want you to have your way in my life here even as you're having... I don't think we have to pray for the saints in heaven that they'll behave themselves, do we? <laughs> See, Jesus said in John the 14th chapter, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. You know, I believe if He's having to prepare a place for us, He's going to have to prepare us for a place too. Amen? 
Well, the first thing that I noticed about Nehemiah when he got ready to build the wall, each one of the families had to come into a place of order, see the vision that he saw, and do their part of the duty. It's an interesting thing. First they built their own section of the wall, and finally they came together where the walls began to meet all the way around the city of Jerusalem. And they completed the task and encircled the whole city of Jerusalem. And what I'm saying, I believe that the church today is in deep need of repair and God's looking for a body that, first of all, will bring their own block into place. Now, our block, I mean, we can't worry about the whole wall of the city getting straightened out until, first of all, we get our part of the wall straightened out. And the only way we're going to get our wall, part of the wall straightened out is when we begin to see that this is the part of the wall God has for me to build. Follow me? He's trying to prepare this city, Jerusalem, of which we are members and citizens, get us ready for that place up there. And the only way He's going to do it is when we begin to recognize that we are of that city all in one body. And you know, it was an interesting thing. Some of the sons didn't say, well, Dad, I don't like this part of the wall. I'm going to go over and start repairing that part of the wall. They didn't say, look, I like the, that other guy over there. His wife makes ham and cheese sandwiches and you only make fish sandwiches. I'm going to go over there. Well, that's not in my notes. But you see, every family knew what family they belonged to. And every family was on the wall every day. Tobiah and Sanballat began to threaten that they were going to come and attack the city of Jerusalem. And so it came to the place where one would stand with his, the spears and the shields while the other one would work. And they guarded their own brethren. They protected one another. Because they said, we are of the city of Jerusalem. This is our home. This is where we belong. And we'll fight for the right to belong to this group. This family. This part of the wall. This city, eventually. And I really see that the church, the body of Christ, the walls are in disarray. And the thing is, everybody's going around looking at everybody else's walls and said, how can we fix up their walls? And God's saying, look, find out what block you belong on. Find what street you belong on. Where's your home? Get in that house. Get your house in order. Then go out and begin to build a wall right next to your house on your street. And before long, when God begins to find out there's bodies all over the world that will begin to do that, and they'll say, I know where my house is, and I'm not going to go over here to the Smith's house or over to the Saps section. I'm going to build my own section here. And the wares and the Saps, and everyone's going to find their section of the wall. And they're going to build on that part of the wall. What am I saying? I'm saying that God is trying to bring some order in the body. And there is a disarray and a disorder and a disunity in the body of Christ today. I'm not talking about denominations now. I'm talking within the local body. I don't believe that as a body we know many times what real discipline is. I was ministering to a, a brother today. And the question came in his mind, we don't feel as though we're one in the body. We don't feel an acceptance in the body. And I had to come back and say, well, does the body really understand that you want to be a part of the body? For example, there are some people within that body, like with my children. If my children don't come home at a certain time each night, I'm upset. I'm concerned. Where are they? What time did they say they'd be here? Well, now they know that they're supposed to be here each night. They're supposed to, I've got a bed for them, and this is where they get fed. They're supposed to, I get concerned when my family isn't here. You know, there's some people within this church that I automatically know they're a part of the body because every time the body gets together, they're here. Now you say, I'm not going to come under that kind of bondage. I'm not saying that's bondage. I'm saying that when we know where our street is and we know where our block is and what our home is, we come together as a body and we begin to build our own wall 
And I'm saying this for every church, every body of Christ, everywhere around, every part of the body of Christ. When we begin to say, you see, here's what's happened. There has come a sense within the charismatic movement, and I, I don't even like to use that term, and you know it, but I'm trying to tell you what I'm talking about. That, uh, oh, we were under bondage to the law for so many years that now we're going to be free, 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 flutter, flutter like little birds all over the place. It's like Jamie Buckingham said, he says, we came to a place where we threw out all order and said, praise God, the shackles are gone. And suddenly he said, we sensed a deep need and found out that that was disorder. And God disapproves of disorder as much as he approves of binding order. And I'm, I'm believing that we're beginning to see from the last men's leadership conference, we're beginning to see more of a teaching coming to the body. Uh, let's not be flighty little birds from this flock to that flock to this group to that group, but let's find out where we belong. And when we're not there, the body will say, there's part of the body missing. What's the problem? And we'll say, where are they? We'll begin to seek them. Look, did, the, did Sam Ballot and Tobiah come and snatch them off the wall when they're trying to work? When they're trying to do the part of the wall that we've got here before us, does the enemy come to get them? I said to this particular person, I said, I personally, I have to be honest with you. I never know whether you are here or aren't here because there's sometimes weeks at a time that go and you're not here. I said, that doesn't happen in my family. It doesn't happen once, but what I find out why. Or my daughter will call and my son will call and say, Dad, I'm sorry I'm not there right now. I, I will be there at such and such a time. Now you say, is that legalism? No. It, it's a sense of oneness to where we really belong to each other. Have you, have you ever really wanted to belong somewhere? I have. I mean, this body of believers that I'm with, and I'm talking to the most faithful part of the body, because this is not the Sunday go to meet and crowd, but I, I think that this needs to be carried to others within the body, those that attend here on Sunday morning. People want to belong. And I said to this person, when you express a desire to belong and you let people know that you're concerned about them, it begins to flow. The Word says, if a man were to have friends, he must show himself to be friendly. Now, there are a lot of people that go into church. Now, I'm not exaggerating. You watch some Sundays. I have to make sure that you're still singing the chorus and get to that door because there's some people that will beat me out that door every Sunday if I don't. And they tend to go away saying, that's an unfriendly church. They come in 30 seconds after the service starts and out that door they go. And I have to literally open the door and say, hey, nice to have you here. They're going down the sidewalk. And there'll be some of the first that would say, boy, you know, there's just no one friendly about you. And I want to say this much. You know, we tend to have the danger of becoming a part of an elite group. You know, we think, boy, praise God, we've got a fellowship that's really going here. And we've got something that God's really blessing here. And while we're doing it and we're hugging each other and praising the Lord with each other, strangers are coming in and going out. Coming in and going out saying, no one talked to me. No one shook my hand. And we're not an elite select group. The thing that makes us different is that we've come and we've found love. And the danger is that when we come in and say, this is my home and this is where I belong, that when others come in, we think, well, that's the milkman and that's the bread man and they don't belong to the family. They're coming in they're saying, I want to belong. I'm looking for a family. I just want to say, do you know where your home is? If you know where your home is, that's where we belong. Every day they went out on the wall. They even had to do it during the night many of the time. You see, we're looking for God to prepare. He's preparing us for the place He's prepared for us. 
And that cannot be accomplished until we know what family we belong to and what section of the wall is ours. Now see, I know where God placed me. What would the body feel like? I'm not critical. I, 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 God believe this on my heart to share this with you because I love you. But what would the church feel like if every other or every third week I'd say, listen, uh, take over, will you? I'm not going to make it. I, I, really, I heard there's a speaker over here in Tampa. I want to go hear him. And uh, this coming week, my wife and I, we didn't know some relatives were coming, and so we're going to go to the beach. Well, if, if what I'm saying is if the rest of the body could do it, what if I did it? You see, I don't, want to, I don't even like to be gone on vacation. Isn't that something? And you know what Jody says on vacation? She says, Daddy, can't we go back to the church up there on vacation? She says, I really love those people. And I say that because many, many times, you will see it, and I hope you share this with individuals in the body. I see people that will be gone two, three, four, five weeks. I'm walking back in. And I say, where were you? And sometimes they almost feel offended. Like, don't jump on me because I've been gone. And I'm concerned. Where were you? And when it's in order, it will be a spiritual. And the spiritual home is where you get fed, where you get spanked, where you get taught, where you get loved, where you can be yourself and take off your mask. God help us to do that. What part of the wall has God called you to? Now, God's given me a burden for this ministry. And He's given me a message for this body. And now, I'm asking the Lord, Lord, where are the families that are going to help me build the wall for this part of Jerusalem? Jesus said in Matthew, the fifth chapter, Ye are the light of the world. First of all, He said, I am the light of the world, didn't He? Then he turned around and he said, now, ye are the light of the world. You know, I used to always apply that to individuals. I'm the light of the world now. You're the light of the world now. Jesus wasn't saying that. No. First of all, he said, ye are the salt of the earth. I may be one grain of salt. But he says, ye are the light of the world. What? Uh, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. He isn't talking about an individual there, is he? What did he say in John the 17th chapter? When you love one another and you're one, then the world is going to believe that I was sent by the Father. When they see the city of Jerusalem on earth with the walls in repair and everything in de defended and everything in order, they're going to say, my God, he's alive. Look at what he's done. He's built a whole kingdom right here on earth. He is ruling and reigning. And when they begin to see that God through his people are coming into order, and they begin to see a city, not just an individual standing up there waving a candle around, but a city set on a hill. Their light shining that Jesus is Lord. They're going to be able to get a glimpse of what Abraham was looking for, a city whose builder and maker was God. You see, I said in my Sunday sermon that we have an awful lot of lone rangers going out with their gun loaded with silver bullets and they're going to conquer the world for Jesus and nowhere in the Word do I see that's what God's saying. He said, you belong to one another. Find out where you function in the body. Get into that body. Flow with that body. Be a part of that body. Flex with that body. Get into the rhythm of that body. Begin to see the fruit that that body brings forth. And be faithful. You know, we'd have a nervous breakdown if we'd get up in the morning and the left eye would say, well, now look, I'm not going to open today because this is the day I'm just going to rest. My right ear would say, I'm not listening to a thing today. I'm going to rest, you know. Today I'm going to go out and stick myself in the ocean and get a little salt in my ear 
or my feet say, no, you go ahead and I'm going to go out in the woods and just tramp around and worship God in the woods or shoot a few of his animals or something. Not being facetious now. What I'm saying is if we really understand what God's saying about the body, that is a virtual impossibility to have that become a habit. Where the body is, we are. And when there's a need in the body, we're there to that need. When the wall starts crumbling down, we're there to help build that wall. Are you breathing? Am I missing something here? That's what God's saying. And we have to be one or we're not going to be what God wants us to be.